Tom, welcome to the Hero's Journey Economy podcast. Thank you, Mike. It is so nice to be here and thank you for having me. You're a life coach and, you know, this wasn't the intention of this podcast, but you're probably like the seventh life coach I've had on. If there's a niche that you're playing in or how do you get into this, the life coach field? So how I got into it, I'll answer that question first. How, how I got into life coaching was really based on my own journey of, of transformation so um, I started out uh, practicing medicine 20 years ago as a physician assistant in family medicine and pediatrics. And um, about eight, seven years into that career, um, I decided to change and go into um, healthcare administration. And I took my first healthcare administration job back in 2007. And um, I really loved it being in administration of healthcare, really loved the uh, operations of healthcare. Um, and that's really where I spent the, the last dozen years has been in the operations of healthcare and, and the back office, so to speak, in facilitating the processes and, and all of that. And four years ago, I was um, in a role as a VP of operations for a large multi-specialty group practice in New York where there was 32 locations. And I had 16 locations in Brooklyn and Queens. And I was, you know, in that job working seven to seven almost every day of the week, um, answering emails all hours of the day, really not having a good work life, what we would call balance in life. Um, and I had left that job and took another job for a smaller organization. And 60 days into that job, I just walked out the door and said, I'm not doing that anymore. I quit my job after 60 days. I had no job to go to. Um, you know, you have the tr traditional, I was just about to turn 40 and I, you know, you have a wife, two kids, a house, a mortgage, all those fun things that everybody has. And I didn't have a direction for the first time in my life, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me when I look back retrospectively, because in that time, what I decided to do is start my own consulting business. And I spoke to a former boss of mine and she hired me full time as a consultant and then three months into it, I reached out to another colleague of mine who was celebrating an anniversary uh, at her job. And we had started together at that place uh, several years ago. And I said, wow, it's great. Can't believe it's been this long already. And, you know, by the way, I'm doing some healthcare consulting work. And she said, oh, we just came out of an executive team meeting and we need a healthcare consultant. So I started working for them as a consultant. So I had two clients that I was working with. It was great. One was full-time, one was part-time. And nine months into my journey with my colleague who I had started the other company with, I, I said to her, I said, you know, I think you need this position in the organization. And the position was for a chief transformation officer. And I gave her a job description and she looked at me and she said, well, who do you have in mind for this position? I said, well, you're going to hire me for this position and I'm going to come into the organization and I'm going to help to transform, build culture, build sustainability, build infrastructure, and, and really help you to take this place to the next level. So three and a half years later, we're still in this role. And what I realized through that process is I've got to help other people do the same. You know, I was burnt out. I was stressed out. I didn't have a clear work-life balance. I needed something to change. And it took me quitting a job with nothing to go to, to, for me to really uncover what was there all along and my purpose to help other people to build their lives better. 
So the people I work with to get back to your niche question is I help high achievers create life harmony through the power of their choices. And I use my experience as a, as a consultant, as a healthcare executive, and all of those things to help people reduce their burnout, create the harmony that they need, and show people that they have choice in this. Because when you're burnt out, you don't see your choices. You're overwhelmed by the burnout. You're overwhelmed by your experiences, and you are looking for clarified direction. You've gone through this. And it's, it seems to be a common theme with a lot of these life coaches that I've talked to is they've, they've gone through this fight and they've learned a lot from it. Not everyone can be a life coach. And, and the ones I've talked to, and definitely from talking to you previously, there definitely seems to be uh, almost like a calling towards this, that there's some certain innate skill sets that you have that allow you to help people in this certain way. I agree. I, I think that, you know, a, a client of mine the other night put it very succinctly and really helped me to see my own uniqueness that sometimes you forget about. And she said, you know, one of the things that I love about you as a coach is, is I have medical problems. I have some mental health issues. And I know that my mental health issues are very minor compared to what my just life issues are. And, and you help me with all of those things, she says. And I love that about you as a coach because I can talk to you about my medical issues. I can talk to you about my mental health issues. And I know you understand that. And, you know, as, as a coach, I think my purpose is to help people find balance and, and harmony. But my, my purpose in life has always been to help people live better lives whether as a physician assistant, as a healthcare administrator, and now as a coach, I'm always seeking to help people live better lives. And I think if you understand your purpose at your core, you can really thrive and succeed in what you want to do. But a lot of people don't know what it is that they want to do and what they want to do with this life. And I think that's what separates a lot of us. And there are a lot of coaches out there, you know, and it, everybody uses their experience because what you'll hear from coaches who coach coaches, you know, say that three times fast. What you hear from them is, is that help people who are energetically connected to you, help people like you, right? So I help people who are like me, those high achievers who have those self-doubts, who've had that burnout, who have challenges that they face and want to just continue to thrive and miss out on that opportunity because they get stuck and they get stuck in their own head. And as a high achiever myself, I can see that in somebody else and I know how to pull them out of it because I was able to pull myself out of it. It is interesting how this profession is emerging at this time because I think, because there's some key traits, right? You're impartial, you've been through the process before and you've got some like tools in the tool bag to help people, correct? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, it, I think the pandemic has magnified the need for more emotional support in our society, right? Yeah. We, we, we use the word mental health, which I, is not my favorite terminology. Um, it, it's really emotional health, right? You, we talk about your physical and your emotional health. That's what health is really about. Because if you have a, a, a good mind, you have a good operating body. And if you have a good body, you hopefully have a good mind. And, you know, you either lose one or the other, either your body fails you, or your mind fails you. And when we look at our health as, as a society and as people, we, we have always put this stigma 
on the mental health issues, right? I mean, yeah. back when 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 psychosis and 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 craziness, so to speak, was was came to fruition and really became a term. You know, they used to say women were hysterical. They used to diagnose people with hysteria, right? <laughs> and and hysteria is, you know, is crazy. It sounds crazy, right? Oh, you're hysterical, right? But we, yeah. you know, you're hysterical could either mean you're really friggin' funny or you're really friggin' crazy. And, you know, it, it, it's such a paradigm just in, uh, in that terminology. But, you know, we have labeled, we take nothing in life more seriously than labeling people. That's what we do, right? We label everybody. Yeah. We try to classify everybody. We try to put everybody into a box and we, we try to fit people into different boxes. And, and we create all these labels and categories for people that we sometimes forget the humanness that exists in each person and that we're all uniquely different and we all don't fit in a box and we're not meant to fit in one box. And I think what life coaching offers people is an opportunity to get the emotional support that they need with life issues that doesn't require a diagnosis according to the DSM-5 that doesn't require tr medical treatment, medication, and all of that, and, and doesn't put the stigma on people, right? That's yeah. what pe people don't want to be stigmatized. Um, you know, in my day job, I work for a healthcare organization, and we started out as an HIV AIDS organization in, in 1988. We were taking homeless gay men living with HIV and AIDS off of the street and giving them shelter in a church basement. That's how it started. And today we take care of mostly homeless individuals who happen to be living with HIV or AIDS. That's about 40% of our population. But the point is, is that homelessness is a stigma. HIV yeah. is a stigma. Diabetes is a stigma. All of these things that we use as, as terms to help people and understand people's illnesses, we wind up putting them in that classification in that box. And we do that all the time. Life coaching is an opportunity to not be labeled. It's a yeah. judgment-free zone. Like I go on a business trip and I've got a lot of downtime. So I pack my gym stuff and I have all these ideas of, of working out. Right, And I come back from the trip and uh, I had plenty of free time, but the gym clothes never got used. And somewhere along the way, I've kind of, I rationalized not working out or not exercising in that trip. And, you know, so I'm kind of getting in my own way, right? Whatever, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever that goal was, I failed, but it was me who failed. It wasn't uh, uh, anything else. And uh, part of this is just you helping people through this. Like that description I just said, it's not a, a mental disorder that I didn't work out, but there was a mental failure there, right? It wasn't a physical failure. It was something I did kind of mentally that I iterated over where I just didn't motivate myself or do anything. What's nice about a life coach is you're right. You're able to help with conditions that are of the mind, right? Mm -hmm. But don't come with the huge stigma of psychiatric help. That, right. Some people you work with require that, but oftentimes... You know, it's not a zero or one thing. It's not everyone who's struggling with, like my example, trying to work out more needs a psychiatrist, right? But does need someone uh, that can get into the motivation of why I didn't exercise during that trip. Right. And, and I think that's, that's a great point, right? It, it's not something that 
you, like you said, you don't need to be classified as something, right? And, and yeah, you know, one of the things that's unique about my client base is a lot of my clients are either in therapy uh, along with being in life coaching with me, or they've been in therapy at some point and they understand the therapeutic route versus the life coaching route. And I always like to make sure my clients understand I'm not a therapist and I never right. vowed to be a therapist. Do I have an understanding of mental health? Absolutely. I, I taught intro to psychiatry to physician assistant students from a primary care perspective for 10 years at SUNY Downstate in Brooklyn, right? I did that for 10 years and understand mental health and taught them how to recognize mental health issues that needed treatment from a primary care perspective, right? Because that was what the niche I was in as a, as a physician assistant. But my understanding of mental health and as a coach allows me to say to someone, listen, this issue goes a lot deeper than what I can get to. And I think you should start working with a therapist. And I've made that, you know, those, those um, recommendations to clients in the past. Yeah. And, and I think that's what separates me from a lot of coaches is I have an understanding of psychology and psychiatry that a lot of people don't. And again, I'm not a psychiatrist, but I do have that knowledge and understand when someone is going to be uh, requiring some form of treatment. But going back to your point about the, the gym clothes, you know, and, and, and not working out and not motivating yourself to doing that, you know, it, it really comes to there's some judgment in there that you're making about yourself, right? That you weren't motivated to do it. And we've got to work through why that judgment comes up. And I use a lot of uh, the techniques that Shirzad Shamin, who wrote Positive Intelligence, uses in terms of identifying your saboteurs that get in the way of you doing certain things in life and understanding that and working with your saboteurs for you to understand how to change those and how to get yourself to a place where you're not judging and you just take it as it is that you just didn't work out because you didn't feel like it and be okay with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, it's the judgment, it's the guilt, right? It's, uh, you know, even like, you know, we're approaching a lot of approaches to emotional wellness to help people eliminate guilt and judgment in their, of themselves, right? Um, you know, I just lost 25 pounds using the Noom app. Wow. Um, and, and Noom teaches you the psychology of eating and how to be okay with having a food that may not be the healthiest, but having it in moderation and being okay with having it and knowing that it's just a hundred calories of something bad versus you're having 3,200 calories of something bad and you're going to put a whole pound on. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's the approach that we all take and coaches versus therapists, coaches are, are action driven, right? My, one of my taglines is, is activate your desire to change because it is an action that you have to take to start to change. Yeah. Um, therapy is different. Therapy is looking back. It's understanding. It's trying to, to see what happened in the past and how you could do things differently going forward. But coaching is very much action driven. And when you speak to my clients, that's the one thing that they love about coaching is that there's action. They want to take action. The theme of this podcast is uh, Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. What he discovered was that there was this mono myth, this myth out there in every culture uh, so in every language in the world, which is kind of strange because there aren't a lot of those where uh, you have someone who wants, who has an inciting moment, you know, it's pretty much the movie screenplay, right? They, the Hollywood has kind of hijacked this idea, but you have some kind of moment in your life, like when you quit that job and then you enter this journey 
and then uh, and then there's some roles within uh, that journey. One is a sidekick. Um, I think in the future, I think the the sidekicks of our modern society is like the new map. You know, it's something that helps you along the way. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the sidekicks are going to be um, uh, apps on your phone. But the other the other huge element in in the Joseph Campbell thing is is mentor. And I know life coaches don't like to be called mentors, but because the, nomen, the nomenclature and the term mentor has been hijacked by business community and a lot of other things. But the Obi-Wan Kenobi and the Mr. Miyagi from uh, Karate Kid and even maybe Robin Williams and Goodwill Hunting uh, are all people that have helped somebody go through that process. So what's interesting about the life coach role are in the historical pantheon of of life on earth as humans uh the, the it had it wasn't always called a life coach and it, it was called different things in different cultures but that idea of someone who's been through the process who's impartial who wants the person to win and had and can see objectively and bring some things like wax on wax off you know those types of things right to the table to kind of say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you change. You know, it's your job to change. I'm here. I'm not, and actually, I'm not gonna do anything. <laughs> you know, but I'm gonna direct you. to listen. I'm gonna provide some guidance. But at the end of the day, you have to walk through this fire. And it's interesting that now um, life coaching is becoming, I think, more accepted out there. But it, it, it's an inherent part of the hero's journey where it was a re almost a requirement that. Uh, you needed help in this process. So it, it's kind of interesting how things come full circle where the names change, but the role seems to very, be very consistent. Yeah, I, I think it, you know, it, it's, it, there's so many different ways to look at it. I mean, you could look at it as a specialty of, of psychology. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's not a profession where you go and get a PhD or you need a license right now. And it, it's one of those things that, you know, is really a branch and an alternative to some of the traditional academic approaches to to emotional health, right? And yeah. and and that's what it's a, that's really how I see it and what I love about it so much. But I think people need relatable people in their life, right? Yeah. That's what a mentor is: someone who can relate to your journey, who can relate to what you're going through and give you the tools and the skills to come through that journey of your own journey successfully, right? Yep. That's, what a, that's what a mentor really is, right? When we mentor people at work, you know, and I've mentored a lot of people in, in my time. And when you mentor someone, you give them the skills and the knowledge that you've gained over your experience that you hope that they choose to employ to be successful in their own journey. Yeah. And if in the, even if they don't do it 100% the way you did it, that's, that's what's supposed to happen. They're supposed to find their own way, but take the skills and the advice, right? I had great mentors in my life. I had a, my pediatrician was the guy who hired me as a physician assistant right out of school who knew nothing about pediatric medicine other than what I learned in the books, right? Mm -hmm. And he mentored me and he taught me pediatrics and he taught me family medicine and he taught me how to be a really good diagnostician. As, as a clinician, I, I was a very good diagnostician in, in, in helping because he taught me so well and I learned from him that. And then I worked for another doctor who was so strong as a businessman. 
And I learned everything that I needed to know about running your own business and running a business from him. But each of these gentlemen really taught me and mentored me. And without them, I wouldn't be where I am today because if they weren't part of my journey, right? And I wouldn't be sitting in this chair today as a life coach helping people with their own life issues if I didn't have mentors. So I agree that life coaches don't like to be called mentors, but you know, it's all, it's all terminology. And there we go at labeling again, right? Yeah. I, I'm a mentor. I, I look at my life and I say, okay, the, the people that I work with that are clients of mine, if they're in their 40s, 50s and older, they're more of my peers that I life coach and give life strategy to and offer life strategy to and hold them to the actions and hold them accountable to get the work done. When I work with my 20 and 30 year olds that are younger professionals, and that's what my mastermind is all about, is I look at that as not just a coach, but I look at it as being a mentor to the youth of today and, 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 and the young professionals who are, are starting to pave their way in their careers. And yeah, for them, if, if I was just on the phone with a client right before this podcast, who is in her late 20s, who just started a new job, and she purposefully, as part of our coaching agreement, wants me to give her advice and be her mentor and be that consultant for her mm. and, and, and to help her through that. She doesn't want to always drive all the action herself, which is a little contrary to life coaching, but she comes with the questions and she wants the advice and the experience. And in that way, I think as a coach, I have to serve my clients the way that is best for them right. and staying within my scope, of course, and, and saying, you know, I can't do that, but I can, I can listen to that and offer this advice to you. And, and you do with it as you choose. But they're the ones taking the action and going forward. And it's up to them to take that action and move forward. And I think that's such an important point about what life coaches are really about, whether you call them a mentor, a consultant or whatever, there is a distinct difference between consulting where you're offering traditional expertise. But as a coach, you know, you're, you're working with people on their agenda that they've set to move along a journey to achieve specific goals. And that's really where the essence of coaching has to lie. And that does lie everywhere in my sessions, because no matter what happens at the end of every session, I'm giving and making sure that there's been a task or an action assigned for the next week to hold them account accountable to for when they come back. And you specifically work with high achievers. So yep. you're looking at people that are fairly successful in some endeavor. They're coming to you because they've, they've got a gap somewhere, either in their career or their relationship. Does it go, is it, is it that binary? Is it either relationship or career or, you know, or family? The, the, are those the two things? Yeah, people usually start out with either career or relationship issues, yeah. and that's why they seek me out, right? So yeah. I'll give you a trend um, that... I, I see uh, amongst my entrepreneurs who, uh, you know, I work with a lot of small business owners that are CEOs of their companies. I, you know, I have a CEO of a hedge fund, CEO of a commercial insurance company, a CEO of a financial planning, um, a CEO who's a real, real estate investor. And all of those people have the same theme. It's relationship issues. It's not their business issues. It's not their career issues because they've built 
their own businesses and they see their careers as successful, but it's in their relationships that they struggle and what they want to do next in their relationships. And we wind up working mostly on that. Whereas the, the younger people and people who are directors and managers and are looking to move up in an organization, it's really career motivated and less about their interpersonal relationships. But I don't, I don't like to, I, I don't like as a coach that I have to pigeonhole myself into a box and, right. and say, I only work with certain types of people because I work with anyone who wants to achieve in life, right? Sure. That's really who I work with. Right. And I will, I have the capacity to work with you on your relationships or your career or both. And that's why I tend to refer to myself more as a life strategist than an, an executive coach than I do a, just a plain old life coach, right? Um, you know, as an executive myself holding a C-suite position, I understand the challenges that executives face, right? But executive to me also is an executive level of functioning, right? Not everyone can function at a high level as, as, and become an executive. So the high achiever I work with, I often see potential for them to really be high powered individuals in the career world if that's what they choose, right? So that's the, when you say high achievers, that's who I'm referring to. Yeah. I'm referring to people like myself who, have, who has achieved significant career success, but not happy all along the way until now, right? It's yeah. only been the last three and a half years that I really know myself and have been the happiest in both my uh, professional career and in my life coaching career, right? You know, it's, it's the journey that took me here that I can appreciate now because I have found the happiness and fulfillment, but it took a lot of my own doing to get there. It took a lot of my own strategy and learning and understanding and seeking the opportunities and creating the opportunities. I mean, I wrote my own job description for crying out loud. And, and, you know, who, who can say that? Not many people, unless you own a small business, right? So that's where what I want people to understand about my journey is that it wasn't always so easy. I, I hated some of my jobs, but I hated them because I didn't see the purpose that they were really serving at the time. And that's what I try to bring people to is the present moment and working in the present moment. Because if you live in the present moment, you have everything that you need. And if you can recognize that, you see things differently and you don't see them to be as bad as they actually may be. You had to kind of go through that process to get to where you are now. I think, I think that somehow gets lost, you know, uh, like it's unfortunate, but it's a fact of life. I think if you want to build your bicep, you're going to have to um, be uncomfortable uh, lifting a, a, a barbell or a dumbbell um, to strengthen it. And like, it seems like any change you go through, there's going to be a range of uncomfortableness to just downright unpleasantness <laughs> during some of that process. It's growth, right? You know, yeah. um, there's a lot of people out there that talk about growth and, and, and the pain that is required for growth. We don't get where we want to be sometimes without some pain. And the pain could be physical pain. It could be emotional pain. We have to be cognizant that pain is part of life. It's part of the journey of life. And it's the journey, not the destination. And I think many of us, why we get stuck is because we're so focused on the destination that we forget about the journey and we don't pay attention to the journey. 
And I think that's where the pain starts to develop is when you're not focused on the present moment and you're only focused on tomorrow instead of right now, you, you start to experience some pain, psychological pain, emotional pain, physical pain. And that's why I bring people into the present. That because for me, I needed to learn about becoming present and being present in the moment and not realizing that I have everything I need right now because this is all I have is this moment. I'm not going to worry about a moment that I didn't even have yet. I have to, I can only worry about right now. I can only be present right now and enjoy what's happening right now. Having a conversation with you and being able to, to, to just speak and hopefully touch one life, right? That's all I, I, I seek to do is, is to help one person at a time. And I think being present has taught me that, um, you know, when I was younger and, you know, I was, I was always about, well, when I get there, I'll be happy, right? We always talk about, we'll be happy when, but guess what? What happens when you get to when? You find the next when, yeah. and then you find the next when, and we never appreciate the journey and, and revel in that success. The success becomes so temporary. And, you know, like any, anything that's going to come out beautiful, you have to go through some pain. And, you know, you always think of, I always think of a, a, a mother giving birth to a child. That is one of the most painful experiences that women experience in this life. The beautiful outcome is, is the birth of that child and giving life, bringing life into the world. If you recognize that sometimes you got to go through those struggles and that pain of that labor, but you're going to come out beautiful with life, with new life with hope and dream and faith and ambition and goals. And that's what it's about. That's what it's about for me is, is the new life that you get to give birth to when you go through my process, right? I have my process that I walk people through. It's not comfortable. It's painful. It hurts sometimes, but the outcome is the butterfly that, you know, monarch life coaching. I, I coined, I use the monarch butterfly because of the journey of the monarch. The journey of the monarch, you know, when you go from a caterpillar to being a monarch butterfly, you don't know what pain that caterpillar experiences in that cocoon. You don't know what it's going through. You only see that it was ugly when it went in and it was beautiful when it came out. But that journey is, is, is that cocoon. And that's what life coaching is for me. It's that journey of being in that cocoon and developing and growing, going through the growth necessary to come out as a butterfly. Uh, and, and to be that beauty. And that's the symbol of transformation. That's the symbol of hope that I work to give to my client. That, that whole journey piece is interesting because I think, I don't know in our modern society if we paste over that, but we tend to focus on people's outcomes, right? Julia, uh, Julia Cameron, who wrote The Artist's Way, uh, she said the worst thing that could have ever happened was late night TV because she said all these artists would come on and say, everything's great. No one would ever get on there and say, hey, you know what? this uh, thing I'm working on is keeping me up. <laughs> like, right. It was all, and she was married to Martin Corsese for a while. And, and she said, you know, at his movie openings, he would be up in the balcony, like throwing up and like, you know, one sees that part. Right. In fact, even in movies, even like uh, the Rocky film, you know, he's going through this arduous thing, but that's when they put the music on, right? You know, Michael Jordan's reference it saying no one's seen the workout. And, 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 you know, he didn't make his high school basketball team. That was the trigger in his life to say, okay, this I'm going to change. That whole idea that, uh, you know, this is going to be uncomfortable and that 
the people that have statues built for them and the people that we historically honor in our uh, museums and things all had, it's hard to imagine, but those people had sleepless nights. You know, Winston Churchill, you know, agonized over some of the decisions he had. It's just not something we we think about that these people had, you know, Winston, probably William Shakespeare agonized over writing. Yeah. <laughs> it's the output that we see. We don't see oftentimes what they went, people talk about it. They're like, oh, it sounds like you're whining. It's like, no, they're, they're kind of saying they weren't always like Michael Jordan's just saying he was never the best basketball player in the world. He was cut from his high school basketball team. <laughs> so, you know, and he said, okay, this isn't going to happen again. I'm going to make the team next time. And kind of laying out how hard it was for him to, get to where he got you know and i agree i think i think we have started to gloss over that whole journey piece right because you know you know i'm, I'm working with with a pr firm and they 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 basically I, I love what their point is is that no one cares about your journey they just care about the solution you have to their problem right yeah. and 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 that's that's such such a true statement for our society right we're only focused on the solution we, that and how you how you fix my problem, right? People yeah. want 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 us want to fix to their problem. Your what's your pain point, and and what problem? How do I fix that pain point for you, right? That's yeah. how we're we're taught to position ourselves as coaches. Is what what problem do you solve, right? That's that's what we're. No one cares about your journey. They care about your journey when they're experiencing something and they want the relatability. And that's what what I was talking about earlier, but. Yeah. We, the only outcome that we are that we should be focused on is what is our final scene in yeah. the physical world, right? When we're on our deathbed, what is that outcome that we want to experience? Do we want to look back at a life that was filled with with successes and or failures, or do we want to see a life of regret? Or what what do we want to see on that deathbed? That's the only outcome that I I'm starting to realize more and more is the only thing that we should be focused on is yeah. what, what did you live a good life? Did you do the most with your life that you were meant to do? And, and, and the experiences of your failures are the experiences of your successes. You know, failure is success in many ways. And we, we only put value on success. We put value on monetary success. We put value on relationship success. We put value on all of those things, but we never appreciate the failures that it took to get to those things. And that's, that's what I think is the biggest struggle for our society right now. You know, I, I take people through a choice model for the purposes of really understanding that it's about the journey. It's about understanding how to get to the outcome that you're seeking for yourself in a specific situation, but it's about the journey to getting there that we need to appreciate, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, I, I love working with people. I love working with people. I love connecting with people. I love seeing, I love seeing the struggle sometimes in, in that person because it validates for me my own struggles, right? It validates that I can help them through it and I see the solution for them. I just got to get them there, right? And that's my job as a coach is to help facilitate that process to getting people to the outcome they want in that moment, but to help them appreciate the journey along the way. I know you've got uh, a certain process, but um, what are the key elements that 
you see as as far as helping people getting from one point to obviously is there like an acknowledgement of what they want and and then is it really what they want <laughs> right you know, well i think what, what are the steps there yeah so the choice what what i've developed over my time as a coach is the the choice model right so i don't just help people with choosing something i the choice model means something right choice is an acronym for uh, clarifying your mindset, which is the first letter. The second is harnessing your values and beliefs. The O is overcoming obstacles. The I is integrating fear. The C is change activation. And the E is establishing boundaries. And those six steps really serve as the foundation of my work with all of my clients, right? Because mm -hmm. to answer your first question is the acknowledgement, what do they want, right? That's clarifying your mindset, right? We, as, as coaches, we're told, come up with a clarifying statement, right? That's my statement of I help high achievers create harmony through the power of choice, right? That's my clarified statement. When somebody comes to work with me, they understand that that's what I do. That's the problem I fix. That's the problem I solve for them. It, the, the clarified mindset, you need to know what it is you want to do first. What is your purpose? What do you feel is your purpose? What is your essence? Because if you understand that statement, it's like a mission statement. It's a little bit different in my mind. Um, you know. And the clarified mindset is what starts the journey. I'm working with someone right now who is a repeat client of mine. We worked together a year and a half ago and she came back a couple of months ago because she's still not finding what she wants. And part of it is, is she didn't do the work to get to where she, what she wants, but because she's stuck in her own obstacles. So the, the, the point is, is that we started writing her clarification statement, her to get her mindset clarified. And she's so focused on the role that she wants to perform that she's not understanding the want that she wants to perform, right? There's, yeah. when you clarify your mindset and you have that clear, you can then decide how you want to express that. And that's the role, right? Yep. It's, it, it's, and that's the role you fill, right? My mindset of, I want to help people live better lives. Well, I did that as a PA. I may, helped a lot of people to get healthy. Um, as a coach, I do that. Right. So I help people to live better lives, but I've filled many different roles to accomplish that. But if you don't have that clarified mindset, it doesn't work. And then you need to know and harness your values and your beliefs because your beliefs and the values that you hold, if they're not in alignment and they're in conflict, well, that's going to be very difficult in the role that you fill to find the fulfillment that you want. Because if I value something that doesn't exist in the company I work for or the relationship that I'm in, it's going to cause conflict. Yeah. If my beliefs that I had from when I was a kid don't change as an adult and I don't reevaluate those beliefs, well, that's going to cause conflict, right? What do I believe about myself? And do I believe things that are no longer true about myself because my experiences have taught me otherwise? This is where a lot of people get hung up is their beliefs, right? You know, we learn, we, we oftentimes we are, we get beliefs from our parents that are imposed upon us. And other times we develop our own beliefs from our experiences. And we have to understand those beliefs and, and really harness them to that horse to be able to ride forward, right? The, the clarified mindset is the horse. 
the, the harness is, is the values and beliefs. And we're not going to be able to sit well on that horse unless we know what we believe, what we value in order to fulfill our mindset. All yeah. of that has to be in alignment. And then overcoming the obstacles and integrating fear are where the obstacles come in. You know, we all fear things. We have to integrate fear into our life. Fear is an advisor and a friend. It's not the enemy. We've got to learn how to integrate that and acknowledge that fear, allow for it to be there, accept it to be there, and then appreciate it for the advice and the wisdom that it actually offers you as you move forward in your journey. You know, fear can't be the thing that paralyzes you and holds you back. It has to be the thing that advises your journey forward. And that's how I help people to integrate fear. You know, overcoming the obstacles, you know, whatever the obstacle is, it's your limiting beliefs, maybe. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's, it's people who no longer support you. It's people who aren't good for you. You know, we, those are some of the obstacles. And then there's obstacles that you can't take action that are deeper that may be things like your saboteurs that a positive intelligence speaks about and maybe it's some of those those uh old ways those old habits that now require new new habits to be developed and then the change activation of course is you know writing your goals and coming up with your new narrative as you move forward and then the last thing establishing your boundaries is you need to have boundaries both in how you speak and how you act and what, what limits you do set for other people in your life so that you preserve yourself and take care of yourself. And having those boundaries will allow you to carry out all the other pieces of, of, of the process. So that's the choice model. Those are the steps. Yeah. That's what helps people to change. Um, and that's what I've, you know, that came out of doing the work and really understanding how I was helping people and my book, Bridge to Change, really has 10 chapters that speak to the undercurrent of what that choice methodology is. Um, and, and that's really where, where I focus. And my coaching program accompanies my book. And my book is more of a manual for my coaching program. And the underlying theme is the choice model. In that whole choice process, is there a spot, and I know everyone's different, <laughs> but yep. is, there, is there a spot where things come off the rails more than others? Is it, you know, that first obstacle? Is, is it external, internal? Is, is there, you know, because you've helped a lot of people, and I know everybody's, you know, the lessons learned are all different for different people, but is there one place where you're kind of like, okay, this is where it normally comes off the rails? It comes off the rails in the, in, typically with the obstacles and the fears, right? Yeah. That, that's where it tends to come off the rails. You know, when the, the, the biggest obstacle sometimes is people's desire to change, but their inability to take action towards the change, right? Yeah. It, it's, it's, there's that conflict of, I really want to move forward. Part of me wants to move forward, but part of me doesn't. And what I typically do at that point is this technique called voice dialogue, where I help my client, and it's a great technique that we, I was taught at Life Purpose Institute where I got my coaching certification. And the voice dialogue helps people get the two parts that are in conflict to talk to each other, right? So, yeah. you know, like the career mom, right? The mom who wants to be, go back to her profession and go back to her career, but still wants to be a mom. Well, we go through this thing of what does the career want to give to the mom and what does the mom want to give to the career, right? And what does the mom need from the career versus what does the mom, the career need from the mom, 
right? And, yep. and we get that to talk to each other and interact. And what the outcome is, is the integration of the two and seeing that all along, you are one and the same person and you can create how those two things interact with each other. And then that helps people move forward. That's a step that I've taken with several clients to get them to take action when there's been inaction, right? Because yeah. it's paralysis of your action is your inaction at that point. Yeah. That's, where it, that's where it comes off most of the time. Yeah, it's just stepping in, right? Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, it's leaning in and, 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 you know, you're in the batter's box, right? And, and it's a three, two count because I'm a big baseball guy. It's a three, two count. And the pitch is right on the edge of the strike zone. The inaction to swing is you look really bad taking that third strike looking, or the action is to swing and at least strike out swinging instead of strike out looking yeah. and you hit the ball, right? There's, yeah. there's, you have those choices, Sometimes you, and usually when you strike out looking, every batter is paralyzed for that brief second right after, and yeah. they realize they should have swung. That's the moment uh, that it comes off the rails with my clients is in that inaction of standing there looking at strike three. Um, and that's where I, I think most people can relate to, you know, that inaction just keeps you stuck and you wind up going back to the dugout saying, I should have swung at that pitch. Why didn't I swing at that pitch? Why was I afraid to do that? What was the, what was the worst thing that was going to happen? You struck out swinging. At least you took an attempt. It comes back to that comfortable spot. You know, that, yep. uh, you're more comfortable. Like I might not be where I want to be, but it, there's, there's comfort and there's predictability and no one's telling me maybe I shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot to uh, stay the course. There's a gravitational pull towards that, much different than you know, striking out and doing something new because it's kind of understated in the movies as these people enter these journeys, but it's, it can be anywhere from like somewhat uncomfortable to really terrifying. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like and that's the thing. It's, it's leaving the comfort zone. That's, we, we don't like to leave our comfort zones. No, when you quit that job, I mean, you well, are not, yeah. like that's, you look back and I go, okay, that was the best thing I ever did. But at right. the time, there was no comfort in that. that Correct. So it was anxiety ridden. You had a family. I mean, there was no plan. Part of it is, is being in that present moment, but that is hard. You know? It's extremely hard. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I had the support of my parents and my, my, my in-laws. My, my, when one of the first people I called when I realized I had to quit my job because I was just being railed every day for the first 60 days i barely knew where the bathroom was and you know they were they were already harping on things and not allowing me to work the way i wanted to work right, right. Yep. and and that and at a c-suite position you shouldn't have to feel that way right you shouldn't right. be you know i don't need to be micromanaged at a c-suite position i wouldn't be in a c-suite position if i was being micromanaged all along right, right? so there's that right and my i'll never forget what my father-in-law said to me he said you do what you have to do it's going to be fine you got us behind you. You've got the support that you need. Don't worry. We believe in you. I believe in you. And I know you're going to be okay. And I think just hearing those words from him were such important words of encouragement. And, and he said that, and it gave me the confidence in that moment to say, you know what? Yeah, it's going to be okay. It's going to be rough, but we'll figure it out. But again, it's coming out of that comfort zone. And what most people don't realize is when you come out of that comfort zone, it's the change in the status quo for you. Yeah. 
Are you happy in that comfort zone? And the answer is no, or you wouldn't be working with me. I'm sure with some people, just having them pick up the phone and call you is the defining moment in their life, right? Because, exactly. Right? Because that is at least, a, they're actually taking action towards, you know, they're, they're, they're walking towards that barking dog a little, and, yeah. uh, and they're at least picking up the phone. Where I've found it in my life, where I, I sometimes, uh, it is it, that part, but also the obstacle part, because sometimes, and I've had to reframe it, but the obstacles, sometimes I'm like, when I hit a big obstacle, it's like, oh, maybe this wasn't what I was supposed to do. <laughs> you know right. I mean? It's like, oh, maybe it's the universe telling me this isn't right. And then I have to kind of say, is this, I found it, and uh, some, you know, some lectures have helped with this. Like uh, the last lecture by Randy Pouch, I think it was, he said, hey, those obstacles are for everyone else. You're going to get over this obstacle, but it's a weaning out process for everyone else. Uh, that that was an interesting thing. It's like those obstacles are there for people who don't want it as much as you do. Or Correct. the other one is, um, which I think is it's a little bit more spiritual. Is hey, these things are happening for you. It's this is all part of you have to embrace these obstacles because they're not here. They're not happening to you. They're happening for you. Correct. That, that sometimes is it's not always pleasant. But I'm kind of like, okay, why is this? obstacle here what's the purpose of it and then how can i learn from it you know so i kind of almost put a different name to it you know yes absolutely um you know it it, you bring up the levels of consciousness and we either live in a to me mindset or a for me mindset that's kind of where i work with most of my clients is is life happens for you versus to you right when we take the to you approach that life happens to you, that's victimizing. That's, you know, I can't take accountability for my actions. Whereas in the for you mindset, you understand that life happens for you, that every opportunity, good, bad, indifferent, are all learning opportunities. And as long as you move towards that and you move towards holding yourself accountable and you understand that, that's where the learner in you activates and that's where you become more curious and more open to different experiences versus the to me mindset where you are closed and you're defensive and you just want to be right with everything so you know in 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 helping my clients a lot of my clients i move from a to me mindset to a for me mindset and that's where the learning and the coming out of the comfort zone really exists and so that's that's an excellent excellent point is those are so hard and yes. uh, it is good to have you know you had a person who encouraged you but I, I guess sometimes there's people you have people that uh say hey you know what the people around me aren't really so you know like i'm going back to school i want to change my career and the people around them are like whoa 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 you know like that that also is, is right well because people around you will stop you they're the they're your big biggest limiting factor yeah. is the people around you because they give you the judgment that you know may not be the best thing for you, but you become paralyzed by what other people think. They're not like you. They're not on unbo- you like they're they're not impartial. They have uh, real concerns of that person changing or losing the weight or you know there's all these other biases that some of those people have, even though they care for the person. Uh, they may not want them to look lose twenty five pounds because then they become more attractive to other people. You know, there's there's all those. Right elements out there that uh, they're not rooting against you, but they're comfortable where you are, right? Yes, they're comfortable where you are. Exactly. That's the point. And that's one of the things where I say, and I I said before, overcoming the obstacles, a lot of it is the people in your life, right? Who are you listening to? Who, Who influences your narrative of your life? 
you know, because if, if it's the other people in your life, they're the ones that are going to hold you back sometimes from moving forward because they've got you where they want you and need you to be. Because if, if you, and that's what I always say to every client too, my disclaimer, and, and I'll wrap up with this, I'll conclude with this. My disclaimer is, is when you go into life coaching, you have to recognize that because you're taking the work to change, that everything around you is going to change. And that includes how you see other people and how other people see you. And you're going to probably lose a friend in your life. You're going to lose someone, and, and, you know, not lose them, you know, that you'll never be friends again, but that relationship, the dynamic of that relationship is going to shift because yeah. they're not doing what you're doing. And if they're not doing what you're doing, they're not working on themselves. They may not be growing and therefore won't be able to accept the growth in you. Right. And that's, that's yeah. the toughest part about the journey sometimes is the other people in your life. Yeah. You take a look on the extreme, then maybe like AA or quitting smoking. Chances are, if you're going to step into one of those things, you're going to lose some of the friends you either drank or smoked with. Correct. In fact, AA kind of recommends that you probably will lose all of those people, you know, if, if they're, if they're also in a, in a bad spot. Bridge to Change, Tom, uh, available on Amazon? Yes, it's available on Amazon. You can go to bridgetochangebook.com. Um, the, uh, app, the, the book is on there and you can go to the Amazon page through there. Also, um, my app is live on, uh, it came out this week on, uh, the app store and Google play. It's oh. called bridge to change, download the app. There's a free chapter of the book in the app. And if you want to, it also directs you directly to the Amazon page to purchase the book. Um, the app has uh, free coaching modules to start your change activation. There's videos that walk you through what you should be thinking about in each module. And uh, there's some really cool features in the app that I encourage people to download the app Bridge to Change. And um, Mike, thank you so much yeah. for I'm having me today. I didn't, I, I didn't know the app was out. I'm going to download it. We've got three days of rain on the East Coast coming. And yep. <laughs> I'm definitely going to explore that app. So thanks. Absolutely. Yes. And when you act, let me know when you uh, just uh, send me a message and I will give you access to the coaching program. Just sign up, do a username and login, and you'll be able to get in there. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, it's a great, I, I worked really hard to put something together, easy for people to use. There's a daily goal setter in there. There's some really cool stuff. And if anybody wants to talk, I offer a 30 minute complimentary call to anyone who's interested in coaching with me. Uh, you can go to monarchlifecoaching.com. It's all one word, monarchlifecoaching.com and fill out the contact me information. Follow me on Instagram at monarchlifecoaching, uh, Facebook, monarchlifecoaching. Uh, and uh, I would love to hear from any of your listeners and you know, uh, work with them if they're struggling, if there's something that they feel needs to change in their life um, and be able to answer this question, why now? What, what about now is why you, why you're calling me as a life coach, yeah. because that's, that's the big question that I ask is why now, why is this important to you right now? That's great. You know, Tom, one, thanks for being on the podcast. I know you're a very busy person and I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, and also thank you for the work that you're doing, because I think as we go through this, you know, it's not just COVID. I think, uh, I think as, as the world starts to or appears to accelerate with either the technology or the rate of change, um, that rate of change is uncomforting. You know, even if everyone wants to stay the same, the rate of change can be very uncomfortable. For people. And just, just to stay ahead of that, I think people uh, with your skill sets are going to be very valuable and, and are, are great to have out there as a resource. I appreciate that, Mike. And I again, appreciate the opportunity to chat to you and, and your listeners and 
really, you know, if there's anything I could ever do, would love to come back. I appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to speaking soon. Okay. Thanks, Tom. All right, Mike. Be well. You too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.